the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. This episode of the College Planning Edge was recorded hours after the ginormous announcement by the College Board that they were doing away with the SAT subject tests, formerly known as the SAT-2, as well as the writing section on the SAT. So in this episode, I chatted with our head tutor at Lockwood Test Prep, Marissa Unberg, about the implications going forward for test takers and for college applicants. Enjoy the episode. All right, we're live. Good morning, or we're about to be in the afternoon here on January 20th, Inauguration Day. Hello, Marissa. How are you? Hello. So today, not only is the changing of the guard for our uh, our new president, uh, it's also the day after the College Board dropped a huge, well, probably overdue and long-anticipated and expected bomb on us, figuratively speaking, that they are no longer uh, requiring the essay, the written part of the uh, the essay part of the of the test, and they're doing away with the subject tests. So here we are today, trying to make sense of it all with our head tutor, Marissa Unterberg. Marissa, what is your take on all this, and what does that mean for kids taking the SAT? Well, I'm very happy that they're getting rid of the essay. Uh, we've been waiting for a long time for that essay. It's been dying a very slow and drawn out death. Um, fewer and fewer colleges are, have been requiring it. And even those that require or recommend it, you know, they don't weigh it very heavily in the admissions process. So, you know, it leaves us wondering what's the point. And, but it's one more thing for students to deal with. It makes the test longer. We're turning a three hour test into nearly a four hour test. And there's already a writing and language section, which tests your writing skills within that section. So it's sort of redundant as well. Um, so yeah, I'm very glad it's gone. It's just one last thing we have to worry about. One last thing that we have to devote our class and tutoring time to. I'd rather focus on the actual test, which is what always counted way, way, way more. Yeah, I think we've been predicting the, the demise of the writing portion on both the SAT and the ACT, which has not made any announcements yet. Um, so I'm curious to hear what you think about that. But I think we've been making this prediction for at least three or four years that this yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm glad it did. You know, I was always surprised at how low the scores were on the writing sections um, for both the yeah. SAT and the ACT at even the most elite colleges uh, in, in the country. So that, that made me wonder, why are we wasting time on this? Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I also wonder how accurate the scoring is as well, because it's totally subjective. You have graders scoring it, and I have students coming in, because you get a score from two graders and they add it together. So why does one person give you a five and the other person give you a six, where the six is a perfect score? So either your essay is perfect or it's not. Uh, it's very frustrating. So I'm very happy it's gone. Whether the ACT will also get rid of theirs, it's it's tough to say. I hope they do. <laughs> so so what I'm curious about, uh, more from a college advising standpoint, is what's this going to mean for you know kids 
um, who are applying, uh, in, who are you know, 22, class of 2022 or younger. So one of my thoughts is it's going to make the AP exams more important. So last year when we had a wave of colleges, you know, about a total of a thousand colleges went test optional. Um, some schools didn't. One of those holdouts was Georgetown University, which uh, was also unusual in that it has a uh, recommended policy of requiring three um, SAT subject tests. Now, last year, they said, if you can't take those, we'll accept AP exams. Um, my understanding of the whole you know, the whole public rationale from the college board in terms of why they're doing away with the uh, subject tests is because of access, you know, for low-income families. It's, it's yet another testing area that skews toward, you know, families that can afford tutoring and courses, of course, just like the actual SAT. So I'm not yeah. sure. You know, I think that logic is kind of tenuous, but it's just to carry that out toward the AP exams, it, you know, the facts are that high high income family uh, districts and families in those districts tend to take AP classes because they're offered there. Whereas in low income districts, the AP um, courses aren't offered either at all or as much. So I don't know how this is going to result in much of the social engineering goals that seem to be behind this. But um, my, you know, my advice now for, for kids who would have taken uh, subject tests is to keep an eye on what colleges like Georgetown and other schools are now you know, saying publicly about what they'll what they're looking for, but to me it seems clear that everything else on the application, I mean, mathematically speaking, has to become more important. Yeah. Um, including AP exams, which you can report voluntarily. So we'll, you know, we'll we'll see how that shakes out. I'm curious. And we always recommended our students take the subject tests right after they take the AP, because prepping for the AP is the same as prepping for the subject test. So, what was the point of two tests? for the same, the same topic, basically. Uh, it's almost like the College Board could charge two separate fees. No, they wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> very, very cynical. Sorry. Um, so, so do you have a guess? I mean, is there any, is there any doubt in your mind that the, that the ACT is going to cancel the writing section also? Or what, what's the word on the street? There's no word on the street yet. I think logically it follows that they would cancel it. But there is some lingering doubt in my mind. Um, the ACT essay is very different from the SAT essay. And I think the SAT tests writing skills a little more rigorously than the ACT does, although it's not that much of a difference. Uh, there are also schools, I think Cornell lets you take the ACT with writing, like as a substitute for the subject tests. So yeah, many schools do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so schools like that, I wonder if they would get rid of the writing since some schools seem to require that um, as a substitute. Although now that there's no more subject tests, it's a moot point. So yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I, I think the ACT essay is more useful to schools than the SAT essay. The SAT essay was a rhetorical essay. It was very weird. And it's relatively new. They've only had this style of essay for a few years now where you're not giving your opinion on something. You're just explaining how another person made their argument. Hmm. You know, you can get through your whole life with ever needing to use that skill. You can get through an entire college degree without ever needing to do that. So I, it was a very, in my opinion, a very strange choice of an essay style. So 
Who knows? Fine, good riddance. So if you're just joining us uh, here at Lockwood College Prep, our, our live stream, we're talking about the recent College Board changes where they killed off the writing section on the SAT and they've done away with very popular subject tests. I mean, some of the um, the science subject tests and the math subject tests, they had several hundred thousand kids taking them each year. So I, I don't know if that revenue offset the cost of administering these tests. I have to think there's a business decision uh, in, in here somewhere. But if you're just joining us and you have any questions or comments or things you've heard, um, I'm, I'm here just for, uh, we're, we're here just for another few minutes. Marissa has to um, get down to Florida to start tutoring Baron Trump, I think. Is that, can you confirm that you were hired by them to prep for the SAT? No comment. Okay, um, but thanks. Thanks for making time out of your taking time out of your schedule. Um, but if no one has any questions, and you know we have a good amount of people here live, so just just say hi. Uh, but if you have uh, questions later, as as things develop, pop them right here in the comments section, and we will get to them and, and answer them to the best of our ability. As uh, I think, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Our schools, you know, colleges' reactions to these um, because even though the subject tests weren't particularly you know popular in a, in a, in a sense of um, raw numbers there were still a couple dozen colleges that that at least that um, recommended which in my mind always means required them so now the question is what are they going to ask for in, if anything in lieu of those subject tests my guess right now is more AP exams I think that's a lo logical next step is to just transition to AP. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, so, 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 so if people have registered for the subject tests now, um, can they get refunds? I assume they can, right? I assume that they will be automatically refunded, although College Board can be slow with the refunds, so don't expect an instantaneous refund. I would wait and give them a few weeks or more <laughs> before contacting them about that. But yeah, there's no way they're going to charge anybody when they're canceling the tests. And yeah, all, all of the tests, they're canceled as of now. Um, internationally, they said they're keeping them available until June. Hmm. Uh, they're used for different purposes internationally, but here they're gone. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Uh, hello to Vanessa Scheinwald tuning in. Um, her husband, Alan, mentioned that at one point I was on their 60-inch TV simulcast there, which was disturbing. <laughs> so I'm curious how large we are to Vanessa. Uh, hello to Michelle. All right, great. So um, there was there are some other vague uh, references to online testing. Do you have any opinion or thoughts on what's the, the status of, of that and what that means, actually? Well, I'm feeling a little burned because they did promise last year that they would be developing an online SAT. And then they completely walked that back and said no. So I'm not really sure what they mean. Will they be giving us online testing? Will they just be giving us, it can't be just digital resources because we already have the Khan Academy. So I don't know. I, I guess that's their goal. Um, they're a little late to the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, they certainly are. But, you know, I'm sure it's there's a lot of like, you know, uh, Chewing gum and paper clips, holding things up, you know, behind closed doors. There, um, <laughs> Vanessa uh, Scheinwald asked uh, a question um, about if the essay will be canceled after June 2021. If we're signed up for the next three SAT with essay, should we cancel the essay? I would. If it's not an option, yeah, I don't. If 
if the SAT is getting rid of the essay, colleges can't be requiring the essay at this point. Um, it won't be a fair comparison because a lot of these students won't have it at all. I don't think it's worth taking. I mean, it's not going to hurt. It's another hour on your day, but. Yeah, not, not a bad question to ask an admissions officer um, yeah. in, in a couple of weeks at any of the schools you know that, that are on your list right now because they're still probably grappling with this. I mean, I'm sure the, the college board didn't do this in a vacuum without you know, consulting their member colleges. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't always filter down to the admissions folks uh, right away. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so hello to Chuck. I'm assuming it doesn't matter at this point. And uh, hello to Chris. All right, good. So if you guys have any non-inaugural activity questions, uh, pop them in here. Um, so yeah, so so no no guesses really on when the um, the online versions will be given no guesses as to precisely, I guess, when the ACT will allow certain sections, although that's supposed to be in the spring, but I don't think they've given a hard date yet, right? To, to allow you to take to differ only one section. Everything's such a mess. Nobody's sticking by their promises or their timelines. So I've just completely given up waiting for a digital version, waiting for the separate section testing on the ACT. I don't think the section testing is, is going to happen until the pandemic is really winding down. Um, what, are you, what are you hearing about cancellations of just have testing centers? What's the latest? I, it depends where you are. Um, I have some students have contacted me from California and they're having a lot of trouble. Depend If you're like in the LA County, um, you know, pretty much everything is canceled. Uh, but where we are on Long Island, like I'm having pretty good luck with my students getting testing centers. Uh, New York City is probably the worst place to mm -hmm. register. So if you do live in New York City, you might want to consider registering on a Long Island testing center. Um, being in Suffolk County is a little better than being in Nassau County, but still you're not immune to cancellations. It's because it's up to each individual school whether or not they're going to stay open or close. It's not up to the college board. So that's why it's so weird where your friend's center might be canceled, but yours is still open. Um you're still advising to over-register, right? Yeah, meaning register for all of the administrations that you can. So at this point, that for the SAT, that would be registering for March, uh, May, and June. And for the ACT, at this point, I think February registration is done. So I would just do April and June as well. I think the ACT is a little better with testing centers um, because they are opening new centers. When centers get closed, sometimes those centers are hotels or other you know, public venues, which I think is great. Um, be careful because a couple of my students got switched to another center, but they didn't get an email. They just logged into their ticket you know, a week before their test and saw, I went from Long Island to Brooklyn. Yeah. So, uh, which could be know. an extra hour and a half or, or longer for a commute. I've heard that. Yeah, before. yeah. They, I think, I think the rule is like it has to be within fifty miles. But fifty miles in New York can be a really long time, yeah. depending on where you're going. So, you know, if you're registered for the ACT, just make sure you check your ticket um, prior to printing it out and check it the night before as well, just to make sure you weren't switched mm -hmm. to a new center. All right, then I guess in the issue of, you know, which, which schools are going to be test optional or not, you know, we, we had uh, about a thousand total colleges, four-year colleges that, that were test optional um, 
including all the ones that went test optional as a result of the pandemic. Um, it seems that in general colleges, if they had a choice, wants to see scores, um, you know, for, for admissions, but certainly for merit aid. I, I just yeah. want to re re reiterate that, that those are two separate things. Getting in is one thing, but getting merit aid is, is a totally different animal. And I want to um, remind people that you should take the tests if you want to be in the running for merit aid. Now, not, not every college offers merit aid. You know, the Ivies and other elite schools tend to be need-based only. They don't offer merit aid. But for the schools that do, I've had reports of kids um, have exchanges with their admissions officers along the lines of, no, you don't need scores to get in here, but if you want merit aid, we need your scores. And uh, unfortunately, um, the, the two students that I'm referring to didn't submit scores. So they got in where they wanted to get in, but they didn't get any, any money because they didn't submit the SAT or the ACT. So two totally separate things. Everyone should you know, get their scores as high as possible. And then depending on where they're applying and how that score sits in the range of kids um, that they're competing with, then it's a, it's a school by school decision as to whether to submit. That's the best advice I can give right now. Will they take a score from after admission in order to get the merit aid? Like let's say you got yeah. in in January and you wanted to take the test in April. They will take that? It's um, it has happened. It's very okay. unusual for that for that to happen. But um, it, I would clear that with the admissions officer first. Um, if you didn't get the merit aid award that you were hoping for or any, um, I would say, well, what happens? You know, if I get my ACT from a twenty nine to a thirty two or, or something like that. Um, but it has happened, yeah. Especially for some students who who had all their tests canceled and never had a right. chance to take yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, question for Bryce Lukens. When appealing for more merit scholarship money, leveraging competing offers, you have said before that timing is important. How should the appeal be timed? Um, I'm going to do a separate class on that, but in general, you need to have all the offers in. That's that's the best advice I can give. I wouldn't jump the gun. Um, the more offers you have, the more leverage you have, You know, the more arrows in your quiver. So I would wait until you got everything in before I made the appeal. But it's not like the colleges are running out of money or anything like that. There's this perception that the sooner you ask, the, the better. Um, I have found that not to be the case. That's just me. You know, some, some other people have other opinions. Uh, but I would wait. I, I would wait until I had enough to shock and awe the admissions officers into seeing like, oh, wow, you got all these other offers. Uh, you know, what? I guess we need to adjust what we're offering you. And it's all negotiable. That's another thing. It's like this is, um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask for more money. And if you have strong scores and offers from other schools, you're going to do really well. All right, cool. All right, so Marissa, you have anything else? Any closing comments? Um, another reason why I'm glad the subject tests are gone is they would interfere with the regular SAT administration. Yeah. So for those students now, a lot of some of the stress is off. You can have more opportunities to retake the SAT and focus on getting that score up, which was always the more important score. Mm. So just because one they're given the same day, the subject test as a regular. They're given the same day, yeah. So the subject test would, you know, cut your chances and how many times you could take the actual SAT, yeah. which was very stressful because, you know, you don't know if you reached your maximum SAT score yet, but you want to take the subject test at a certain time. So I'm just very glad. Yeah, I agree. Good point. All right. 
let everyone get back to the inaugural festivities or whatever else you're doing today. And uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll, you know, we'll do more of these information sessions as the news uh, warrants. Have a great week, everyone. And thanks, Marissa. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double-secret software, College Guru software, that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.